This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we are celebrating the Feast of the Epiphany. Um, The day of the Epiphany is January the 6th, but you're allowed to translate it to the Sunday before, which is what we've done. And the the readings today, and certainly the traditional theme of the Epiphany, is the coming of the light of Christ to the Gentiles. And so it's symbolized, you, you have the, uh, the prophecy in Isaiah where the, the light of the relationship of God with the Israelites is a light to the nations and eventually all nations will turn towards that light. And then you have Paul saying that light has in fact come in the person of Jesus. And of course in the gospel you have the story of the magi, the wise men, Uh, who come and present gifts to Jesus, and so they represent the first non-Jews who recognize the lordship of Jesus. And there's a a kind of uh, an innocent interpretation of this um, that leads to the the other great theme of the Epiphany, which is evangelism, that we, we have this light that has been given to us, and we are called to spread that light throughout the entire world. And that, that innocent approach sort of takes the form that, um, that God has come to us in the, in the form of Christ. We have this incredible treasure. It is a treasure for all of humanity. And so our job is to share it with all of humanity. And yes, there may be other religions, there may be other philosophies of life and so forth, but they are all subordinate to the overarching majesty of Christ and the lordship of Christ. And so the ultimate goal of the Christian faith is to convert the world to our religion so everyone becomes a Jesus follower. And that, uh, that, that innocent view of evangelism, uh, many of us uh, grew up in traditions that maintained that view. Um, I grew up as, a, as an Anglican, where our view is a little bit more uh, nuanced somewhat, where we recognize that there were other uh, religions and so forth in the world. We were just the best religion of all the religions. And, uh, and we were no stranger to missionary work, but our missionary work was overseas with, the, with the, uh, the third world and, of course, here in Canada with our indigenous peoples. And so we engaged in missionary societies and things like that. And that innocent view has, um, has fallen out of favor more and more, and mostly due to the fact that what we've discovered about the effect of this view on the peoples of the world has been far from innocent. Um, and uh, I'm most familiar with the story here in Canada with our indigenous peoples, where the, the desire to convert the indigenous peoples to the Christian faith was accompanied with and, uh, and went hand in glove with essentially cultural imperialism, where the goal was also to get rid of their indigenous cultures, which were, which were considered backward and savage, and to make them essentially European, uh, which, of course, Christian, European, same thing. Uh, white, same thing. And this has become so, um, so rightly criticized it, throughout my lifetime uh, that it holds no water. And even as a young man, I was profoundly uncomfortable with this notion of evangelism that did not take into account the pluralistic world in which I lived and the 
um, and the cultural imperialism that often went along with these sometimes well-intentioned uh, efforts at evangelism. So I, I retreated in my own mind from a universalist view of the epiphany of, of, of evangelism, where no longer would I say that we have the way, the light. Um, we have a way. We have a light. And it works for me. And that became my way of acknowledging the gift that I had received through my Christian faith without putting it on others or, you know, as the expression went, shoving it down anyone's throat. Um, in more recent years, however, I have come to see that there are limitations to that retreat into a, a particularist model. Um, no longer are we universal, we are particular. We have a particular way which works for us. The problem that I see with that model is that, in fact, it, it undermines any reason why you would share it with anyone else. It becomes something that I like and has no particular universal um, moral imperative. So it goes alongside other things that I just happen to like and you may or may not like, and that's fine. You know, I happen to like The Mandalorian very much on Disney, and so you may not like that. It may not float your boat. Fine, it doesn't matter. There's nothing at stake. And is, is that really the same thing as my faith? I hope not. I hope that at the heart of my faith, and certainly in the scripture readings, there is something universal something valuable um, that is of value to all humanity and not just the people who kind of like that sort of thing. So I haven't come around to that innocent view again, but I've come back to a more nuanced way of asserting that as Christians, we have been given gifts that are universal to humanity. Yes, it is a particular way. Yes, it takes its place amongst the great religions of the world, but it takes its place as a, as a conversation about ultimate things, that what we care about is not just things that we like because we happen to be from a certain culture or, or family group or, or whatever. Um, there, are, there are things that we have been given that are universal principles. And so we go back to that original uh, uh, prophecy of Isaiah where, you know, what is the light that Isaiah is talking about? It, he's talking about that special relationship that God had with Israel, that, uh, that relationship which was expressed in a new way of being a nation, a nation of justice, a nation where the widow and the orphan had a place, where the stranger was welcomed, that there was this this way of being a community which was the gift of God given to them through the commandments. And it was a way for all humanity to learn from and emulate. All of us, regardless of our creed or culture, need to love each other, care for the weak and the suffering, make sure that everyone is included in society. This is a universal vision for humanity. Israel was given this vision, particularly Israel, in a particular culture and language group and ethnic group. And they were given this vision and they lived it out as best as they could. And the story goes, uh, I, I love the humility of the, the Israelite story where they always say, yeah, we messed up and we messed up and God never gave up on us. And God never gave up on us became part of the gift that they had, that even when they messed it up, God kept coming back to them and saying, no, you can still do this better way to be community. 
And when Paul came along and discovered the, the revelation of Christ to him on that road, he recognized that what the, 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 the impact of Christ could be was to spread this way of being that had animated him as a Pharisee um, to the entire world. So this new way of being was now available to the Gentiles without them having to become Jews, without them having to convert into that particular ethnic way of expressing these universal values. And so here you start to see the nuance that I'm working towards. The values are universal. The expression comes in a variety of particular cultures. And so we come back to the wise men, where um, the wise men are often uh, regarded as the first Gentile converts, but my reading of the text is that there's no evidence of conversion. They remained practitioners of whatever their tradition was. Some would say Zoroastrian, um, whatever it was. They recognized what Jesus was and what Jesus came to do, and they went back to practice their own religion recognizing the universal values that were manifested in this baby. And so you have that recognition of universal values, of something that is worth sharing with all humanity. And there are a variety of ways to express it, but the values are universal. And so for me, the way around the critiques of cultural imperialism and getting me back to a place where it's not only good to share my faith, but it's essential to share my faith, are are a recognition of the values that my faith has given me as this gift. And I look at the the world as it is, and I see a world that is in desperate need of the very values that I have received as a follower of Jesus. Values of compassion and care for the sick and the suffering and those who are excluded from society. These are the values that Christ showed us in his vulnerability, his humility, in his death and his resurrection. And so this epiphany, I commend the value of evangelism in this time of church decline, of secular humanism, and all the rest of it. Because when we get past the what I believe to be the scapegoating of Christianity for the ills of humanity, um, we will recognize that a world devoid of these faith traditions and devoid of Christianity in particular is a poorer world, a world that has no way of, of banding together and allowing God's power to spread these values even when we mess up. So as Christians, yes, We have sins on our ledger. Yes, we do. But God hasn't given up on us. And that is a great gift in a world where if you mess up, you're canceled. God is not part of cancel culture. God keeps coming back to us and helping us to live out that vision of the kingdom of God, which is a vision of right relationship with each other, with the world, and ultimately with God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.